the age of media transparency, things have never seemed so unclear. We're changing that. Welcome to Level Headed with former professional athlete and entrepreneur, Ambassador Jack Brewer, offering a balanced, authentic, and non-traditional perspective, exposing the divisiveness of information that influences us today. Focused on issues in politics, sports, entertainment, health, and business, highlighting stories of social good by real people who are changing the world. It's time to get level-headed. Here's Jack. Welcome back, everyone, to Level Headed. I'm Jack Brewer. So excited to be back with you, uh, shooting live here from Liberty University, Lynchburg, Virginia, right here on campus. Uh, and we have an action-packed show. Uh, excited to be back. You know, this is the first show uh, following the RNC, uh, the Republican National Convention, where uh, I was so honored to be able to speak. Uh, and I tell you what, you know, this nation, as we all know, we've, we're dealing with a lot of stuff. Uh, and that's what Level Headed is here for. It's here to talk about these different perspectives, uh, trying to be as non-biased as possible, uh, keeping our truth uh, through the Word of God. You know, um, that's where we try to find our truth. That's where we, where we rightfully divide the Word of truth. Uh, and so, you know, this show is not going to shy away from any of these issues uh, that are going on in our society, in our country. Uh, and I just appreciate so many of you who have supported me, have supported this show, uh, and continue to be loyal. And so let's jump right in here, jump into some current news. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we have a loss uh, recently uh, of the great Lou Brock. Lou Brock, who was uh, the Hall of Fame, uh, two-time world champion, um, leadoff hitter, who could fly, man, change, change the game of baseball, uh, Major League Baseball. Our prayers and thoughts go out uh, to his family, to his fans, and uh, the entire MLB community. Uh, and we just want to send our prayers and, and love to, to the Brock family uh, and everyone who he inspired through his in, incredible life and his career. Um, moving on to a little politics. Also, uh, President Trump is given a, uh, a Medal of Honor to the great Lou Holtz, uh, actually the Medal of Freedom to Mr. Holtz for all of his work. Uh, and actually what, what's cool about this is, as, as you probably have seen, uh, the Big Ten just announced that they're going to start to play games this season, an eight-game season. Uh, you've been able to see so many of the other sports start, uh, Major League Baseball and NFL, NBA's deep in the playoffs. Uh, and most colleges have already started to, to compete uh, and, you know, to see someone get a Medal of Freedom like Lou Holtz, who has literally stood up uh, for principles in this nation. You've probably seen him, seen him be outspoken. He spoke at the RNC as well. Uh, but the college coaches, great college coaches from all over the country, reached out to President Trump uh, to push for him uh, to honor Lou Holtz. Uh, and I think this is a great thing. And I uh, want to give him a big congratulations um, from myself and, and from everybody at Level Headed. Uh, Lou, you've been a tremendous, tremendous uh, asset to this country, to the game of football, but uh, an example to men all over America uh, ab about what it really means uh, to, to take on responsibility uh, and to do what's right. Great man. Great man in Lou Holtz. Uh, we, you probably also have noticed um, horrible fires are, are going across the West Coast right now. Uh, so we send our prayers 
uh, to everyone out there. Um, you know, sometimes you wake up and you see all this stuff happening. It's like you're reading the book of Revelations. Uh, and it's, uh, it, these are the times where uh, America needs to come closer together uh, in prayer. And so we, our prayers go out uh, to all the folks out there. Um, looking out, you know, fires that are caused, you know, some by nature, but a lot of times these fires are, are caused by folks who are um, just up to no good, uh, trying to do whatever they can to cause violence and to keep uh, President Trump out of office and to cause chaos and anarchy. Uh, and it's really unfortunate to see. Um, there was a re- recently there was a report that just came out um, that says approximately 7% of Black Lives Matter demonstrators that are linked to the movement between May 24th and August 22nd, and that's, that's, that's recent time across the U.S. Overall, more than 10,600 demonstrators took place, excuse me, demonstrations took place during this time period, uh, the study said. Uh, that is a lot of demonstrations. And so uh, how are we going to fix these things in our nation? You know, where are they coming from? Uh, what's the root uh, of a lot of these issues? Um, and the level-headed perspective is the root cause of the majority of this stuff is uh, getting away from the word of God, getting away from spirituality. Um, you see, so many things uh, are a direct result of fatherlessness, a direct result of, of raising kids, kids who only live in the flesh, who don't understand the spirit, unfortunately may not have a church home, uh, maybe going to public schools that have abandoned the word of God and spirituality. Uh, and so all those things are issues, and those are things that uh, we have to take on head on with the word of God. We can't, we can't shy away from this. We can't uh, you know, be concerned on oh, over whose feelings we hurt, uh, and that's a lot of times what's happening in our in our nation. So, I just want to encourage everyone listening uh, to be bold, be bold for Christ, be bold for what you believe in, uh, and you know, our God told us to serve one another and to go out and, and touch our brothers and sisters, particularly those that are poor and those that are underserved. Uh, but it doesn't mean just just poor in the flesh. It doesn't mean someone who doesn't actually have money. Uh, it also means poor in the spirit, people who may not have uh, access to the Word of God, people who may uh, be in a culture and a situation where all they're hearing is negativity, uh, pouring evilness into their spirit at all times. We also have to reach out to those individuals uh, with with the love of God. And so uh, I just encourage everyone. And uh, I wanted to, on that point, you know, that was really the, the, the basis behind my speech at the RNC. You know, uh, growing up in Texas as a young kid, man, I never thought that I'd see the day that I'd get asked uh, to such a, a, an incredible opportunity to to speak um, at, a, at a major party convention. Uh, and so for me, it was an honor. And, you know, I put a lot of thought into my speech and, you know, leading in. And, you know, obviously I have a lot of people in my family who don't necessarily support uh, the president. And I have some that, that do. And I have uh, even more that, that support me. Uh, and so that was a time for me and my family that I could reflect. And uh, it was a special time because, you know, I probably wrote four or five speeches before I uh, 
I ironed, I ironed it out and, and decided on the one that I chose. But really the catalyst behind my speech was my eight-year-old son. And man, I tell you, he was probably more excited about me speaking than I was. Uh, but he had a message uh, for America. And he asked me to, to go out and deliver it for him. And he asked just for, for one simple thing. So I wanted to share that with you all. If you haven't uh, heard it, um, here it is. But if you have, you know, listen up a second time uh, and we'll come back uh, and we'll recap that. And I'm going to bring in a, a special guest uh, to give his comments on this speech. Everyone listen up. I'm Jack Brewer, a former three-time NFL team captain, college professor, coach, husband, son, and father. I'm also a lifelong Democrat, but I support Donald Trump. Let me be clear. I didn't come here for the popularity or the praise, the likes or the retweets. I'm here as a servant to God, a servant to the people of our nation, and a servant to our president. I grew up in Gravon, Texas, a town that my great-grandfather was the first black man to settle as a sharecropper in 1896. My early high school experience included fighting with skinheads and being a witness in an attempted murder trial after my friend shot a skinhead in self-defense. I remember my dad's bravery when he personally stood up against a KKK rally in my town. In my house, my father taught me to back down from no one. I know what racism looks like. I've seen it firsthand. In America, it has no resemblance to President Trump. And I'm fed up with the way he's portrayed in the media, who refuse to acknowledge what he's actually done for the black community. It's confusing the minds of our innocent children. Before I left to come deliver this message, my energetic eight-year-old son Jackson stopped me and said, Dad, can you please just tell everyone that all lives need to matter? and that God loves everyone. In that moment, I realized that my eight-year-old had figured out what so many adults have seemed to forget. We are not as divided as our politics suggest. At some point, for the sake of our children, the policies must take priority over the personalities. So because you have an issue with President Trump's tone, you're going to allow Biden and Harris to, to deny our underserved black and brown children school choice? Are we so offended by the president's campaign slogan, Make America Great Again, that we're going to ignore that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have collectively been responsible for locking up countless black men for nonviolent crimes? Are you going to allow the media to lie to you by falsely claiming that he said there were very fine white supremacists in Charlottesville? He didn't say that. It's a lie. And ignore the so-called Black Lives Matter organization that openly, on their website, calls for the destruction of the nuclear family. My fellow Americans, our families need each other. We need black fathers in the homes with their wives and children. The future of our communities depend on it. I'm blessed to be able to run inner city youth programs and to also teach in prisons across America. The inmates in my federal prison program literally receive days off their sentence just for attending my class. And that's thanks to President Donald Trump and his first step back. President Trump cared about these Americans and their families, even when so many others had left them behind and had written them off. 
I'm forever grateful for President Trump for that. He endures relentless attacks, and so do many of us, like myself, who support him. But my mama always told me, when the Lord starts blessing, the devil starts messing. This convention marks a time to celebrate our history. Republicans are the party that freed the slaves and the party that put the first black men and women in Congress. It's the party of Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln. And now, Tim Scott and Donald Trump. Our president has made incredible strides to end mass incarceration and give unprecedented opportunities for black in America to rise. America, let this election be a call for all God's people who are called by his name to humble ourselves and pray together and to seek his face and to turn from our wicked ways. Then he will hear us from heaven and he will forgive our sins and he will heal our land. Amen and God bless America. Ah. So I poured it all out. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. And, you know, I wanted to bring in a, 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 a dear friend of mine, but someone who um, has a great voice uh, when it comes to uh, black issues, conservative issues. And I really wanted to talk to him about how my speech and so many others that we saw at the RNC resonated uh, with black voters. Uh, his name is Dante Johnson. Uh, he's the president of the Black Conservative Federation. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here, uh, and when we come back, uh, we can dive in with a conversation uh, with Deontay and, and talk about these real issues that are pressing not just black America, but all America. Because right now, you know, a, a, a rising tide raises all boats, uh, and so we need everybody to lock arms in Jesus' name. We'll be right back. Brew Wellness Shop is proud to help the most vulnerable Americans. If you purchase a 10-pack of masks today for $8.99, we will donate an additional 10 masks. Shop with us at BrewerWellnessShop.com. That's BrewerWellnessShop.com. Us at BrewerWellnessShop.com. That's BrewerWellnessShop.com. Welcome back, everyone. This is Level Headed. I'm Jack Brewer. Uh, live here from Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. Uh, super excited to be back, as, as you all just heard. I uh, had a great segment, uh, l last segment, talking about the RNC convention. Uh, got a chance to play my speech, and uh, as many of you know, we had so many uh, powerful African Americans who spoke at the RNC, and really everyone that spoke at the RNC. Uh, it really resonated with a lot of Americans uh, from all sides of the aisle. It's hard to watch uh, that convention and not be inspired. And I think a lot of us needed that. You know, we've heard so much negativity going on and negative speech about our nation. Uh, it was good to, to spend a few days uh, to see and celebrate all the good things uh, that are happening in our, in our nation. And so uh, to comment on that, I wanted to bring in my friend, uh, a great man, Deontay Johnson. He's the president of the Black Conservative Federation, um, does a lot of work in the black community and uh, really just standing up for conservative principles. Dante, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you, Jack. Thank you for having me on. Yes, you know, brother. I, I get inspired every time I hear you talk. 
<laughs> I appreciate that, man. I really do. You know, Deontay, um, being a voice, a conservative voice in black America is not always easy, man. And I know you have dedicated a big part of your life to standing up for conservative principles, uh, probably in a time when most people that look like you refuse to. Um, give me give me your comments, brother, on on, on what is the, the feeling that you're getting um, post RNC? You know, I think that was for me and for a lot of people. I've got to know my phone is filled with folks who are either now voting for President Trump or that are now considering themselves conservative when they weren't before. Uh, so it definitely resonated with people. But what are you hearing and uh, in, in how do you think as, as, a, as a party and as a, a conservative movement, what kind of progress did we make at the RNC? Let me tell you something, Jack. I have been in this movement since eighth grade. Hmm. And I've seen, and I remember when it wasn't as popular to even be political, let alone be conservative. And so I remember being that black conservative where, and I'm from Illinois, so I felt like I was the only black conservative in the world. And then it was Colin Powell and Condoleezza Rice. <laughs> Are we the only ones in the world? I'm like, wow, I'm just one of three. I'm in this exclusive club. And then I started to expand and go around the country and then start to see that there was others there through college. I learned that. But one thing that I have not seen until President Trump, the active large amount of black conservatives or just blacks in the conservative movement ever. Hmm. And I was telling someone, there's more blacks that are supporting President Trump than did in 2016. That's right. Right. And when I saw the RNC convention, I said, wait, am I watching the RNC convention or am I watching BET? <laughs> yes, sir. It was sir. so diverse. It was so diverse. You know, we had you, we had Jerron, we had Herschel Walker. You know, we had so many amazing Alex Johnson, so many amazing individuals, and they were sharing their story. Hmm. Their story. And that is what's important. That's, That's what's right. important, is that we do better when we tell the story. That's right. Not talking points, not, just, not, not saying what was in, on Fox News hmm. or CNN, or, but when we tell the story. That's right. Because one thing about our story is this, no one can debate your story. Amen. So they either, what is, they either resonate with it or they don't. That's right. And, and you make a great point because um, what you really saw is you saw raw. You saw black folks. People could look you in the eye. And, and you're right. It wasn't a, a three-minute Fox News clip. Uh, it was people who could actually talk a little bit about themselves, but more importantly, being real about what this president uh, has done for them personally and for the nation. Uh, and I think the timing of this convention could not have been better because America wanted 
that. They wanted to hear that. They needed to hear that to, to help some folks heal and help some folks feel as if the way that they were thinking uh, was not wrong. Because a lot of people started questioning their own principles. Uh, and I think this this RNC really, really answered that. But Deontay, as, as you go out and as you as you work, um, what are you hearing? What what type of uh, progress was made? Uh, is there an overarching message that you're hearing consistently from various voters? Well, the voters, there's a lot of voters who are thinking with their pocketbooks. Hmm. And the left makes that seem to be negative, but it's not. Because we all want, you know, the Bible says that he didn't just come to give us life, but come to give us life more abundantly. Amen. And because of that, you know, we have to take possession of that abundance. And that, and our president is making sure that happens. And so um, they talk about their 401k. They talk about having a job. Someone even told me, they said, listen, I'm the President Trump, and this person was 60 years old. They said, I flew and went on a vacation for the first time. Wow. Wow. And from that, I, I myself had to do a research, and so I went on Facebook, and I searched first time flying. And I strolled through, and I saw so many different posts. People I'm not friends with on Facebook. It's been posts of flying and traveling for the first time in their lives. It's amazing. People are able to take vacations. People don't have to have a second job during Christmas time. Hmm. This is the everyday people. Everyday people. People are talking, people are talking about criminal justice reform. And I know you've done a lot of work with that is that, that their families are getting a second chance at the American dream. Right. That their families are not only getting released, but getting released with a second chance hiring platform in place mm -hmm. where felons can now work. These are the everyday people. These are the, this is what people are hearing. This is what people are seeing when they see President Trump. And so we tell people to focus on the policy. That's right. Because when you listen to the policy, the policy affects our community so much. We talk about opportunity zones where it's building up our communities. We talk about historically black colleges that are experiencing a better quality of education because of our president, historical fund, historic permanent funding. Permanent funding. And not to mention a lot of them are open now because of that funding, especially due to the coronavirus. Many of those colleges would have had to Absolutely. close their doors. And you, I don't know if you saw today, but the census data just came out, uh, and it showed that the poverty rate rate fell to 10.5% last year, record low, with 4.2 million Ameri Americans lifted out of poverty last year. This is the largest decrease uh, since 1966. That's one year, 4.2 million. Uh, and then the data went on to show that Income has household income has increased by nine percent in the first three years of the Trump administration, compared to only five percent under eight years of Obama, and that's double what Obama did. And not to not to not to stay on Obama, but when you start looking, President Trump has shown 
to take over 6.6 million Americans out of poverty from 16 to 19. That's the largest three-year three reduction since 64. And you, you're talking about some numbers now that are f- affecting African-American people. But my question to you, sir, and this will be my last question to you, these numbers no one hears about because the mainstream media won't tell them. How do we get this type of news out to black America the things that you you are saying, we've all worked tirelessly to try to promote the Opportunity Zones and the historical black colleges and all these great, great things that the president has done. But you know how it is. I mean, the numbers I just read to you, that's what really matters, taking people out of poverty, because that's, that's doing what the word tells us to do in Jesus' name. So how can we get that message out and take on this mainstream media that whether it's Black Lives Matters or whatever other— Thing they want to push, liberal agenda they want to push. They are controlling the air, airways and really uh, having a negative effect on our people. How do we get the word out, Deontay? Well, you know, we got to go to the voters directly. Hmm. And that's what our president has realized, and that's why he tweets. That's why, we ha- that's why we're out hitting the pavement, knocking doors, um, calling voters. Um, tomorrow we're going to reclaim our we're reclaiming our vote, and we're going to be hitting neighborhoods all around this country, saying these exact same things. Yes. Listen, if the media doesn't want to showcase it, if the fake news doesn't want to showcase it, we'll go showcase it ourselves, and we'll talk to voters directly. That's right. And that's what we have to do. That's what we have to do. We got to get out there, and we got to tell those stories. We got to amplify those stories. We have to tell our own story because if they won't, we will. I love it. Well, brother, I got to have you back on. Promise me you'll come back. Um, You're a strong voice. I appreciate you. I know you're out there working hard, man. Uh, Everyone, how how does everyone follow you, Deontay? They can follow me at BCF President on Twitter. Um, They can um, follow me at Deontay Johnson on Instagram. And follow the Black Conservative Federation's page just by keying in Black Conservative Federation. That's right. And don't be ashamed to send some support to my brother. Uh, He's doing amazing work. We need voices like him. Uh, That's really how we're going to get the foundation of black America uh, in in America back up. We appreciate you, Mr. Deontay. I'm Jack Brewer. This is Level Headed. Let's have a word from our sponsors and we'll be right back. Brewer Wellness Shop is proud to help the most vulnerable Americans. If you purchase a 10-pack of masks today for $8.99, we will donate an additional 10 masks. Shop with us at BrewerWellnessShop.com. That's BrewerWellnessShop.com. Welcome back, everyone. This is Level Headed. I'm Jack Brewer, and I told you all we have a very special guest coming out. Uh, He's actually someone I look up to as a mentor, and a lot of black men around this nation uh, look up to him uh, for, for the man that he is, but the principles uh, that he continues to keep during these trying times. Uh, his name is Pastor Daryl Scott. He's the chairman of the National Diversity Coalition, and he's also announcing his new book, Nothing to Lose. So, Pastor Scott, welcome to the show, man. Hey, man, God bless you. Thank you for having me. Yes, man, I'm excited. I see I haven't been able to read the entire book, just ordered it, uh, Nothing to Lose, Unlikely allies in the struggle for Black America, man. 
I can't wait to talk to you about this. First off, what? Why did you decide that you have to put your story in a book? Well, you know, uh, I, I, it was actually external pressure. People kept pressuring me to do it. Well, I don't use the word pressure. I'll say urging me to do it. <laughs> and you know, when you're living your life and you're going through your day to day, you really don't think one day is more significant than the other. You just take it as it comes. <laughs> but as I began to think about it, and at the urging of some people, I said, "Well, I do have some recollection." that I can try to put on paper that would try to uh, help people better understand my mindset, how a black guy from the inner city of Cleveland could wind up with a white billionaire from Queens who decided to run for president, <laughs> why I would support him uh, in spite of criticism and accusations. And it gives a lot of behind-the-scenes conversations that he and I have had, and it contributes to the mindset that I had and, and making the decisions that I did uh, to support him, and um, it gives a lot of behind-the-scenes insight into the person he is, and I think it will help change minds and change opinions and change attitudes, not only about myself, but about Donald Trump as well. I love and by it. extension, by a lot of other you know, uh, black people, such as yourself, and uh, you, uh, they'll understand that I think in certain respects, when I'm speaking for myself, I'm speaking for a lot of us. Hmm. And, and um, trying to help people understand why we chose to support this candidate, why we continue to support this candidate in spite of the criticism and the accusations that I levied against him. Yes. Everyone, this is Pastor Daryl Scott talking about his new book, Nothing to Lose. If you don't know, Pastor Scott is one of President Trump's closest friends, uh, not just African-American, but he's one of his closest friends and uh, has gone all in for this president, similar to myself, um, and, and Pastor Scott is a man who his story and his uh, his walk and confidence um, is a lot of the reason that my folks like me are able to do what we do. Because Pastor Scott, as you know, we all look up to you, brother, and uh, you have a lot of, of, of black men and women uh, who are getting more courage and being more outspoken uh, because they have seen the stance that you're taking and you're taking a stance for the betterment uh, of black America, uh, which is very inspiring. Uh, but I got to ask you, uh, Pastor, how did you meet the president, man? Well, the very first chapter of the book details that, and it's something I know you'll be glad to relate to because you're a godly man. You know, Paula White and I, Pastor Paula White and I have been friends a few decades. We go back to the 90s together. And um, I knew that she had a unit in Trump Tower, and I even tell the story of how she obtained that unit. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great story as well. And she invited my wife and I. She said, I want to talk to you and Belinda about something. Can you guys meet me in New York? And, you know, sometimes you always look for an excuse to go somewhere. <laughs> I told my wife we're going to go up there and meet with her. And so I thought we were going to go to her unit. But instead, she took us on the tower side up to the 25th floor to the, uh, to the conference room uh, that was used in The Apprentice, actually. <laughs> and so while we're there, I get there, and there were several other preachers there. There were less than 10 of us, though. It was a small group, but several other very, very well-known preachers today. The only reason I don't call their name is because they haven't divorced that They were at that meeting. I don't want to have microphones stuck in their face <laughs> to ask them about it, and they haven't divorced it themselves. You know how some folks that does <laughs> So anyway, Donald Trump walks in. Wow. And this was 2011. This was back in 2011. And he walked in and said, listen, I asked Paula. I thought he was going to come in and just say hi to everybody and leave. 
He said, I asked Paula to ask some friends here that she uh, feels are in contact with God. Hmm. Because I'm thinking about running for president in 2012 against Barack Obama, and I want you guys to pray on me that God gives me the wisdom to make the right decision. Wow. So I'm like, wow, you know, impromptu prayer meeting, Donald Trump's here asking for prayer. Nobody got their cell phones out Hmm. and made it a social media event. I mean, back in 2011, we weren't doing it like that. We laid hands on him. We prayed for him. Uh, One of the preachers, actually one of the bigger name preachers in America, he told him, he said, if you decide to run for president, you're going to be the target of a satanic attack like you've never known before. Hmm. And, um, you know, the president was kind of, he didn't really understand that Christian vernacular like that, but we prayed on him. And um, then afterwards, he sat down, man, and we had a good four or five hour long conversation. It was a great conversation. And the very first thing I said to him, which is the opening page, opening paragraph in my book, the very first thing I said to him was, what makes you think black people will vote for you? Hmm. Word on the street is, you're a racist. Wow. And, you know, he and I became, we became friends, man. And you know what? When I thought back on it, using my sanctified imagination, I said, I think God did speak to him. That's right. And I think God said to him, hey, Donald, don't run in 2012. Run in 2016, and I got you. Because hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so he decided not to run in 2012, and he ran in 2016. And you know what? If he was running in 2012, I'd have been with the men. That's right. And, um, but he decided to run in 2016, and you know, in 2015, I got the call. Hey, man, I'm, uh, you know, I'm running. Are you in? Yeah, yeah, man, let's go. Right. And it is what it is. Because after we met in 2011, over the, you know, we stayed in touch. Yep. And once again, I talk about it in the book. I give the entire backdrop in the book. Glory to God, man. Yeah, obviously we don't want to dive too deep in your book. We want everybody to uh, go out there and purchase uh, Nothing to Lose, uh, written by Pastor Daryl Scott, who we are so honored to have on our show right now. And, um, Pastor, most people don't hear these spiritual conversations uh, and stories about our president. A lot of folks um, try to paint the picture as President Trump is using the evangelicals as some type of prop and Bibles as prop. Uh, But you, like myself, uh, we've seen this man. Uh, We've seen how vulnerable he is when it comes to God uh, and the God that he served, that he prays to, uh, is vital to him. Um, and I think, you know, like like every g- good leader, you put yourself around strong Christian people who can bring their anointing and their prayers around you. Uh, and I think that's something that's uh, not really understood about our president. Yeah, and, you know, I, I talk about that in the book as well. When he, and you've noticed this. When he's in the presence of preachers, he adapts the position of the lesser. Yes. And he regards preachers as the greater. He humbles himself. I always say the respect he has for clergy will put a whole lot of my members to shame. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm talking about Christians that go to church right. every week, several times a week, and been Christians for years. But his respect and his reverence and his humility before preachers will put a lot of them to shame. To shame. And, and, and it's the truth, you know, in private. I remember he said in the meeting we had back in 20. 15 or 16, he said, while you guys were out pursuing a higher calling, I was out building building. I think it's time for me to catch up. Wow. And that shows that he perceives what we're doing as a higher calling, but he also perceived when he said time for me to catch up, 
that believe he he sincerely believes that God has called him to do this. Called him, yes, yes. Called and, him to run for president. Called mm-hmm. him. This is a godly calling. As a result, he's the most pro-Christian president I've ever seen. He's pro-Israel. He's pro-Judeo-Christian values yes. and Judeo-Christian principles. He's not ashamed of it in public. He's not a president that's trying to skirt Christianity and downplay it and denigrate it. Hmm. He uh, he has no problem, you know, openly uh, advocating for the cause of of Christianity in the church. So I appreciate that. And I know God has raised him up for that. Yes, yes. Glory to God. No, that's that's such a strong point and one I think as we're going into this election that uh every voter, particularly Christian voters, uh you have to consider that. Well Pastor Scott, I'm gonna ask you one last question, man. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but uh, if you had a message for black men and boys across the United States of America uh, what would that message be? Um, and as, as, as fathers are going to the voting booth, uh, as fathers are, are raising their black men in a society uh, that wants to, to, to highlight uh, Black Lives Matters and a division and, um, you know, words of oppression, what is your message to young black men and boys today? Well, being a pastor, I have to derive my message from the Word of God. Uh, fear God and keep His commandments. For that is the whole duty of man. Amen. I believe if, if, if our young men endeavor to, if we can make Christianity, if we can attract them to and through Christianity, it will influence their life. You know, I read a set of Bibles when I was a little kid that my mother bought. I was an avid reader, so I read them time and time again. And even when I was up and out and in the streets, they provided a foundation for my life so that there were certain lines I wouldn't cross, hmm. certain boundaries I wouldn't go, go past, ultimately until God brought me back to him all the way. And I really believe if we build a strong spiritual foundation under our young men, um, that it will serve to undergird them through their life, and they won't make some of the decisions that can ultimately determine the course of their life negatively. Wow. Well, amen to that. I hope... Uh, we can do whatever we can to get that message out uh, to our black men and boys across this nation. Uh, everyone, this is a true honor. And hopefully you're, you're listening to the words of, of the great pastor, Daryl Scott, uh, who uh, I encourage everyone, go support his book, Nothing to Lose, Unlikely Allies in the Struggle for Black America. Uh, he's worked hand-in-hand hand with President Trump to pass uh, criminal justice reform, opportunity zones, uh, and I can tell you right now, he is not done. There's more to come uh, once we get four more years of President Trump. Uh, Pastor Scott, thank you so much for joining us, man. We, we are praying for you here at Level Headed, uh, and obviously anything we can ever do, uh, you have our support. Well, thank you for having me on, and I'll be reaching out to you because there are some things that we're engaging and that I think you can bring a vital component to it. So thank you once again, man. You did a fantastic job at RNC. I was proud to tell people I knew you. Thank you, brother. God bless you, man. I appreciate that. God bless you, too. Be safe. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, there you have it, folks. Pastor Daryl Scott, uh, great, great man of God. Make sure you pick up his book. Uh, we're going to head to a quick break before we come in to wrap the show Uh, I'm Jack Brewer. As you know, level-headed, we don't run from spirituality. Uh, Bringing that truth, and we get our truth through the Word of God. We'll be right back.
Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and as you know, my passion is to help each and every one of you get the best sleep of your life. That's why I created my new Giza Dreams bed sheets. I guarantee you they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. I started by using the world's best cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region between the Sahara Desert, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Nile River. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Call or go online to order your very own Giza Dream Sheets. Giza Dreams feature a beautiful silky sateen weave that helps keep you cool and comfortable all night long. MyPillow Giza Dream Sheets are available in a variety of colors. For a limited time, when you use your promo code, Mike will send you a second set of Giza Dream Sheets absolutely free. That's two sets of sheets for the price of one. Just in time for colder weather, you can get Mike's new flannel sheets. Plus, get a second set absolutely free order now welcome back level-headed family it's time to close the show and before we do uh, we're going to have a a serving ministry message and i'm going to come out and open up my bible please feel free to open up yours we're going to come out of second timothy 3 9 through 17 and uh, the message for for this week is serving according to the word of god and uh, as you all know here at Level Headed, we try to keep our perspective deeply entrenched in the Word of God. Uh, and, you know, the, the foundation of our show, which is the foundation of the Word of God, is out of John 1 and 1 who said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so uh, we want to stick to the Word, and uh, as we dive in here, uh, into Second Timothy three nine through seventeen, uh, it says, "But they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all, as theirs also was. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which happened to me at Antioch, and Iconium, and Lystra." Where persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yes, all who were desired to live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. You see, sometimes we forget that as Christians, as people that follow the word of God, it's part of it. Persecution. Um, But persecution is there for us to endure. Uh, And so we're going to serve according to the word of God, or we're going to have our foundation uh, be the word of God. We have to be prepared for persecution. Uh, and this is straight from the word. And then verse 13 says, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in these things which you have learned and have been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. So we know we have to understand of who we're getting uh, our messages from. You know, what shows are we listening to? What media are we putting into our spirit? What clergymen are we listening to? Are those messages coming from God? Are they uh, using the word of God as their foundation? See, when you get in the word of God and you base your opinions on the word of God, that's how you uh, allow God to give you discernment and give you the ability to to find real truth. Uh, And so it says... But you must continue in these things which you have learned and have been assured of, knowing from 
whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And so what this scripture is saying is that the Holy Spirit is in you from a young age, from the time you start to, to, to learn the word. That's why it's important for us as parents uh, to be good parents is not just to tell your kids what they want to hear. Being good parents is putting the word of God into our children so that they have the chance to pursue eternal life. Uh, and so uh, I think it's just really important um, as we go on through our days and as we uh, make major decisions and as we take on different crises uh, and as we try to serve and, and help each other. And serving, according to the word, is helping to spread the good news, uh, telling people the truth of God so that they can find salvation. That's our obligation as brothers and sisters in Christ. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we have to literally be brothers and sisters. If your brother or your sister in the flesh needed something, you'd be right there for them. Uh, and it should be no different for your brothers and sisters in Christ. And then verse 16 says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every cry, good for every, for, I'm sorry, for every good work. So we got to be equipped for every good work and we get our, 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 our preparedness from the word of God. And I think uh, Apostle Paul, when he was writing to Timothy here, uh, really put some powerful words uh, in, into his writing because uh, we we really do need to depend on the on the word of God to rightfully divide uh, our word of truth. And so that's my message uh, for today. Uh, it's been a fun show. Uh, I just want to thank uh, Deontay Johnson once again, uh, the great pastor Daryl Scott for joining us. Folks, we're going to continue to uh, talk truth, talk God's truth, uh, touch on politics and policy and current affairs and issues that are pressing our nation. Uh, I want to close out and just pray and say thank you, God, uh, for another show, uh, allowing us to be able to to, to be here at Liberty University. I want to thank them. I want to pray for them, their school, the university. Uh, I want to pray for all of our listeners, their family, their God. If there's anyone out there that, that needs a blessing, that needs a miracle, uh, I just ask that you give them uh, the understanding and the courage to pursue you and the faithfulness to walk with you. Uh, and I just ask uh, for your overall grace on our nation and on our land. And may our leaders and politicians and uh, teachers and authority figures all find the word of God uh, and, and depend on you for their truth. And we ask you these things in Jesus' name. I'm Jack Brewer. This is Level Headed. We'll be back next week. Uh, we love you. Like I always say, love hard, worship harder. God bless.